Good morning, everyone. Welcome into this SEC Morning Report. I am Blaine Gilmer. Thank you so much for tuning in to Southeastern 14, your home for daily SEC sports coverage, covering football, basketball, baseball. It's all getting going right now. Chris Lee, Blake Lovell doing a great job covering the basketball side of things. Also, uh, Chris Lee, got Gavin Schoenwald have a live show here every day. It's the former Vanderbilt tight end, Gavin Schoenwald. So they all are doing great work here. Uh, I have the morning report every morning. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free. Like, turn on notifications, and we greatly appreciate you tuning in. This morning, guys, usually I go over numbers and things like that inside the numbers, but there's been a lot of talk about the future here of the SEC and, you know, debates of also not only the, the future of the SEC, but college football. And would this be the perfect year for a 12-team playoff and, and, and things of that nature? And I'm kind of looking at, at, okay, also there's talks about what makes a job elite and, and things of that nature with the Texas A&M opening and, and all these different factors that are going around. And I wanted to dive in closer and just kind of call this a truth Tuesday, okay, uh, where where things sit in terms of reality and what the correct expectations are for each football program out there or what they should be and also what it means if you, the expectations for your program are to just hope to contend for a playoff spot one day because there are some SEC programs that fall into that category that Quite honestly, guys, we'll never, ever have a hope of winning an SEC title, of winning a national championship, and there's reasons for that that we'll dive into. But before we get into all that, we need to mention this word from our sponsor. Guys, the holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for your everything pro and amateur sports, not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips any time of the day and almost any sport there is out there, guys, from MMA to international soccer. Head over to Bet Online and remember to use our promo code Believe that's B L. EAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Lots of great info over there, guys. We use Bet Online for our previews uh, and predictions that have started to come out yesterday for rivalry week here in the SEC. So make sure you head on over to Bet Online today, guys, and they're going to give you that 50% deposit bonus. So, hey, you're, you're halfway to a profit right there. Go ahead and take advantage of that with Bet Online as your sitting around watching some uh, Thanksgiving football uh, or some some basketball, whatever you're deciding to do, Bet Online is the place you need to go. Now, guys, as I said, it's going to be a Truth Tuesday here. We're going to tell some, uh, some cold, hard facts about teams that are capable of winning the SEC going forward with, you know, some decisions that have been made in the coaching world and things of that nature. So you look at recent decisions of Texas A&M to get rid of Jimbo Fisher to move move forward, and then also Arkansas's decision to retain Sam Pittman, keep him at the school, uh, and 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 try to work through another year. Also, uh, looks like even 
you know, unless things just go terribly wrong going forward uh, in this last game versus FSU, I don't see that there's any way that they get rid of Billy Napier this year at Florida either. So two schools probably electing to keep their head coach, uh, you know, one in Texas A&M and then also uh, Mississippi State actually two electing to go ahead and start the process of starting new and finding a new head coach. And all this brings into question, what are the standards? What are the expectations at these programs? Well, I believe at Texas A&M, the standard and the expectation should be to compete for a national championship every year. And people are going to say, what are you talking about? They haven't won uh, anything. Their trophy case doesn't match any anybody else. No, it doesn't. But you know what does match every, uh, the, the elite programs out there is the, the revenues and the recruiting spending that Texas A&M is doing. Here are the revenues for fiscal year 2022 of SEC programs, the top the top ones. And you can see the separation from even going from six to seven, uh, from, five to, uh, from five to six. Alabama, fiscal year 2022, 214 million. Georgia, 203 million. LSU, 199 million. Texas A&M, 193 million. Florida, 190 million. And then it drops off on six to Auburn at 174 million, Kentucky 159 million. So when you have more money coming in, you have more money to spend on the put product on the field, and that plays out in recruiting spending. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the disparity here. If you're listening on podcasts, I'll tell you, guys, looking at the top grossing program in the SEC in Alabama for fiscal year 2022 at 214 million and the the seventh, which is just middle of the pack currently right now in the SEC, Kentucky at 159 because that's 55 million dollars. Okay, the SEC distributes evenly. They distributed evenly this past year 49 million, almost 50 million to each school. So outside of that, these numbers include all of that as well. You've got the disparity there of what these schools are bringing in in terms of the the revenues on top of the the split given by the SEC, things like that. So there is a clear, clear advantage for some of these programs that already have a leg up, and then they're able to go and spend in recruiting. You look at recruiting spending just for football, Georgia, $4.5 million in 2022. Texas A&M, $3 million. Tennessee, $2.9 million. Oklahoma and Texas, I include them because they're going to be part of the SEC, 2.6, 2.4. Alabama, 2.3. And then Florida, it drops all the way down to 1.6. The only outlier that is here uh, that is not on this list that you know involves and is firmly going to be in the conversation going forward um, in terms of SEC relevancy is LSU, and they spent guys well less than a million, like seven hundred something thousand. Now the reason for that is a little bit different. LSU is very unique in terms of just being able to retain the elite players in its state. Uh, there, there is. I dare say that there's no more state alliance anymore as strong as Louisiana players to LSU. I mean, it is, it's almost like a cult like pull, guys. There is no doubt that, I mean, you look at the state of, state of Georgia, even the state of Alabama, state of Texas, state of uh, California, uh, state of Florida, it's a melting pot of uh, people have, you know, come from all over the place, but there are deep rooted, 
cultures, people who have lived in Louisiana for generations and generations. And there's just no doubt they're going to grow up and they're going to be an LSU fighting tiger. I mean, that's it. Once that offer comes, they're done. That's where they're going to go, even in the age of NIL. So there are, there's a, a tremendous, and there's a high quality, uh, you know, talent pool there in terms of, of LSU. So maybe they don't have to spend quite as much. Now that may be a little bit of an outlier of what has happened. And, and you did see an uptick in spending once Brian Kelly came on board for LSU in terms of recruiting. But guys, you have to spend money to make money. That is an uh, age old, you know, business adage. You have to have money and, and make no mistake about it. This is a business uh, as much as we love college football and we love the competition and things like that. This is a business. So I say all that to say, guys, there's a clear difference in what these teams are putting in. So what you put in should match your expectation level of what comes out. As look at, look at this Rutgers, Maryland, Washington, and Arizona all spent more on recruiting than Auburn, Old Miss, Missouri, Arkansas, South Carolina, and the rest of the SEC. So Rutgers, a just middle tier, maybe maybe bottom tier Big Ten team, Maryland, mid-tier Big Ten team, Washington uh, moving to the Big Ten, and Arizona uh, in the in the pack in the Pac-12, which I believe uh, with all that going on, they're they're moving to the the Big Twelve. All of these programs spent more, even with the revenues that Auburn has at 174 million, they spent more than Auburn and all those other schools that I would consider mid-tier SEC schools, okay? What's about to happen is there's about to become seven teams, seven teams. It's about to become a seven-team league in terms of who can legitimately win the SEC year in and year out. All right, those seven teams and I think you're going to see a chance. I made a little list of them here, and I'm going to read it off. I think you're going to see Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, LSU, and then that seventh one will either be Florida or Tennessee. So those schools are going to be the ones that have a chance year in and year out to, to win the SEC, provided they have the right coach and provided they're able to, uh, you know, spend and stomach and do the things that are necessary to compete. There's some schools that are more worried about their administration is more worried about lining their own pockets than they are uh, getting the, the, the football program and the institution and the facilities and everything to be attractive enough uh, to you know, bring in elite head coaches. And there's also some people that, you know, they don't have coaching staffs that are willing to make the sacrifices necessary to put in the hours of, of the recruiting that are needed to get the job done. Guys, there's a clear difference. There's a clear difference when you hear these coaches speak. There's a clear difference in the men mentality of, of post-game press conferences, of midweek press conferences in Columbia, South Carolina, than there is from Athens, Georgia. There's a clear difference of the mentality you hear uh, in 
Oxford, Mississippi than there is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's just a it's just the way it is, guys. There's some people that are built different. And there's a reason that there are some people that do things that seem unfathomable to everybody else out there. Okay. What Nick Saban has done, what Kirby Smart has done with the level of sustained success over a over even even in a five-year span at different points you want to break it down is unreal to a lot of people and there are some schools that have zero thoughts of ever winning a national championship and it begs the question what is the goal here for these teams obviously college football used to be a lot different it used to be at its core okay we're providing an education uh we're you know getting people prepared for society things of that nature totally different now most of the goals now uh are okay how much money can be made where are are we gonna how many guys are we gonna place into the league and a lot of coaches are looking for their next their next job okay there's only certain programs that are elite programs that are looking for okay this is a destination job this is where i want to be this is where i want to end my career uh, this is this is where I want to raise my raise my family if they're young enough to to have that or if I, if they're at retirement age this is where I want to uh, you know I want to be and I want to retire to and I want to be a pillar here in the community going forward. There's only a handful of those jobs out there, okay. And like I said, when it comes down to it in the SEC, when you bring in Texas and you bring in Oklahoma and you're a Missouri or an Arkansas or an old miss or a south carolina you have by your own uh welcoming welcoming of them into the conference you have knocked yourself down a couple of rungs on the ladder automatically okay i'm not saying that you won't beat texas or oklahoma on a given year that could happen things it's competition things happen on the field upsets happen all the time that's not going to change but what i'm saying is at their worst year, even when they have a off game or two, by talent and resources, they are still markedly better and markedly in a better position than those programs, even when those programs have really, really good years. You've seen it with Missouri this year, having a tremendous year. I mean, a Tremendous year. Everything's gone about as well as a Missouri fan could ever hope for. Even go back and look, even in the division era when Missouri won the East, okay, those couple games, it wasn't really close for them winning the SEC championship, was it, once they got to the to the, the championship game. You look at South Carolina in the Steve Spurrier years when they would make it, when they made it to the SEC uh, championship game, it wasn't really close for them to actually win the SEC, was it? There's still a gap. Guys, even when they're their absolute best, these programs, and they have an opportunity even to get to a conference championship game, it, there's a glass ceiling there, and it's hard to break through it, okay? And there's not many programs that can they can take out that uh, that hammer and break that glass, okay? It's just not... It's just not there for a lot of people because a lot of people aren't willing to do the work that needs to be done, okay, coaching staff-wise. There's not many administrations that are willing to support what needs to be done financially uh, and, 
you know, in terms of public perception wise, a lot of people, it's more uh, the, the, the academia world gets in a way a lot of times, which I think it's becoming more antiquated. The thought of, hey, these are, uh, you know, academic institutions that also raise up, you know, college. For, no, I mean, it, it, it's almost becoming to the point where it's separated. These are amp- these are professional sports. Lane Kiffin says it all the time that are wrapped in some kind of, you know, fictitious cloak of amateurism. It's not amateurism anymore. These are, these are professionals. These are guys who are getting paid to do a job. And the fact that, that, that academics, I think academics should almost be now with the college setting, uh, a added benefit to the opportunity of, of playing for that organization um, and if you, they decide to go there and, and take part in those, those um, academics, then that is what it is. But, guys, we, we know what's been going on for decades and decades of, you know, guys, do you really think, do we really think all these guys are uh, model students during, during their time? Uh, there's some guys that take their academics very seriously. You talk about a Josh Dobbs, who's a different kind of human being at Tennessee, aerospace engineer, doing all this kind of stuff. But guys, I I know I know people who were in class with these these some of these SEC athletes. I know people who took tests for some of these SEC athletes and and things of that nature. And it's been going on for a long time. Okay, it's not it's not a uh, it's a facade at different moments because there's so much blood, sweat, tears, time, energy put into actually uh, getting results on the field that sometimes it's it's unrealistic to believe some of these guys can be, you know, model students. I'm not saying it's not it shouldn't be done or that, you know, from a character standpoint, you shouldn't take care of your own business and things like that. You absolutely should. And, you know, time management should should be something that you learn in college. But the time demands for being elite, for being what you absolutely have to be to compete at the very highest level in college. It's not for the the faint of heart. It's not for people who, uh, you know, don't want to be, uh, you know, don't want to push the limits of what they can do mentally, physically, emotionally uh, in the in this realm of college football. There's so much money out there, guys. There's so much money to be made. You, you talk about these revenues. You talk about uh, the, the TV rights that are coming with things and things like that. If you are a university or you are a, a program that is unwilling to make the kind of investments that you have to to compete with Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, LSU, and then I say either or Tennessee or Florida because I don't think there's room at the table for both, I think one of those programs is going to decide to ante up and be a, a fixture going forward, and one of them is not. Right now, I would lean towards Tennessee being the one that's going to go all in and push in. I don't, I don't know that Florida uh, is is willing to, to make that jump, not with the uh, administration of the university right now. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about – I'm not talking about the administration in the in the athletic side of things. I'm talking about from a presidential level down. I'm not sure that Florida uh, is at a position that that they want to to really really go all in and be like, okay, this is this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna be about. Some people see the value in what these coaches bring, and people get bent out of shape all the time about 
how much money Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban and and some of these these head coaches make, uh, and them being the highest paid you know state employee and things like that. But they don't see the value that they bring back not only to that university. I mean, look at those revenues, but also to the to the state economy and things like that. They are tremendous, tremendous assets to their state. Uh, the localities are, are around them there. Guys, it is a it is a money printing operation when you have an SEC football program that plays at an elite level. And some people get that and some people don't. So, like I said, in review, Georgia. Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, LSU, and either Florida or Tennessee, depending on which one gets on board, those are the seven schools that are going to year in and year out have an opportunity to win the SEC. The rest of the schools, you got to ask what you're playing for. We know what we believe we're playing for, as, as Herm Edwards said. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. So you're playing to win the game, okay? You may never win an SEC title, but now there's going to be a 12-team playoff, okay? And there are at large bids out there. So if you have a great year like Missouri's doing, Missouri would be playing this week against Arkansas probably for a playoff spot. So, yes, it would make that game matter more in terms of an at-large bid out there. Okay, that that is true. Um, you know, in terms of... Alabama and and the the Iron Bowl this week. We know it means a lot right now because they're they're fighting for a, a four spot right now. They're trying to get up into the top four, and they, uh, you know, they really control their destiny going forward by what they do against Georgia. But this this Auburn game, okay, would mean even more than it does now in the Iron Bowl, okay, going forward because let's say they were to 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 slip up, okay. Well, then that would say even if you lost to – let's say they beat Auburn, and which they probably will, and go forward and they slip up in a close game to Georgia. Well, there's still probably an at-large bid there for, for Alabama going forward, right? But if you lose this Auburn game you get a, uh, and then it turns into three losses, then there wouldn't be. So, yes, there's going to be some added emphasis on some games with the 12-team playoff, and there's going to be opportunities for teams who have zero shot of winning the SEC, such as going forward, I don't think Missouri, I don't think Ole Miss, I don't think uh, South Carolina, I don't think a lot of these schools, Auburn even, I don't think a lot of these schools have any kind of hope of winning the SEC going forward, not with schools coming in like Texas and Oklahoma and then you've got Texas A&M, who if they get the right guy, they're going to be a monster. Georgia, Alabama, because guess what? You're not going to catch, even if you don't have to play one of those schools in the regular season, you're going to have to play one of them in the SEC championship game, and you're not going to catch all of them on a down year. Okay, It's not going to happen. There's going to be four or five teams that are at any given year capable of being the best in the country and you just don't have it. You don't have a chance, a real chance of realistically going up and defeating Goliath week in and week out. If you're Kentucky, Arkansas, Missouri, all these kind of, I mean, look at Missouri this year. Like I said, they've had the best year that they could possibly hope for. They still lost to an LSU team that has has three losses on the year. They still came up short against Georgia. They still they still got pushed to the brink by a Florida team that is not what Florida needs to be at this point in time. However, they got pushed to the brink at home. 
Eli Drinkwitz has done a tremendous job. I'm just saying you have to manage expectations. That is the secret to life. And there's some of these programs. That's why I think Arkansas did a great job of bringing Sam Pittman back. Because realistically, who are you going to get? And where is it going to be any different with the 2024 schedule they have? I mean, where is it going to be any different if you're Arkansas? They don't have Georgia, Alabama, so that is a, a, something that they dodge there. But they still have Texas A&M. They have Texas. They have Tennessee. They have LSU. Um, they have Oklahoma State as a non-conference game, a UAB team that is going to be very, very well coached by Trent Dilfer and is getting better and better. So it's still going to be a tough, a tough deal, a tough road to climb. Okay. And do you really want to bring in a first year head coach and set him up for possibly a tough year when you could say, Hey, uh, Sam Pittman knows he has those expectations. Speaking of expectation, he has them set out before him that, Hey, if you don't get it done next year, it's over with. I don't know that you want to set a, a potential new head coach up for failure like that. Same, same thing with Florida, the brutal schedule that Florida has. Playing Miami, playing Florida State, uh, playing Georgia, playing, you know, I mean, just a murderous, murderous schedule that Florida has out there. It's going to be very, very tough for them in 2024. And I think you just ride it out with Billy Napier like they're doing and uh, see, see how things go from there. There's lots of excitement when it comes to SEC football. And, and, and listen, you should always root for your. Uh, fan base, but there needs to be clear expectations for some of these programs. Some of these programs will never win a national title. Some of these programs have zero hope of ever winning an SEC title. Many of these programs do have the capability of being good enough to, on a given year, have a great season because they've put a good recruiting infrastructure uh, in place. They support their coaching staffs, and then they get a good enough product on the field, catch the right breaks in their schedule to be an at-large playoff team, and then maybe make, a, make some noise in the playoff. That is a hope going forward in the 12-team playoff in some of these SEC schools. There's also some of these schools that I think should look to go to different conferences, whether it's the Big 12, whether it's the American, whether it's Conference USA, there's some of these, there's some of these teams that I don't think, Big Ten even, there's some of these things, these teams that I don't think are doing them justice by being in the SEC. Uh, but you know, you, you look at that 50 million that the SEC passes out every year for for the revenue split, and that's only going to keep going up. It's hard to pass up that money, even if you just absolutely are getting your teeth kicked in in football year in and year out. There are other sports out there to consider, baseball and basketball and things like that, that that some people, some institutions are very, very good at, and that's that's another thing to consider. But truthfully, if you're looking yourself in the mirror, are we really going to say that there aren't some teams in the SEC that would fare much better and be instant contenders in places like the Big 12 and places like the the American, different different places like that? Places like the ACC, got to look at those things. And, you know, eventually I think some of these elite teams, those top seven that I talked about, seven or eight, they become part of a, a super conference with elite teams around the country uh, from the Big Ten 
and I mean elite from a financial standpoint and a brand standpoint from the Big Ten, maybe a couple from the Big 12 that are still remaining, and then everybody else is going to be left playing a different ball game, anyways. So, guys, this has been a Truth Tuesday here. Let us know your thoughts, your comments, your concerns, and uh, we'll, we'll address them going forward at some point in time. So thank you so much for tuning in. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We'll catch you guys next time to talk more SEC football right here on your home for daily SEC sports coverage, Southeastern 14.